0: to the Tom Ficklin Show on WNHHLP one hundred three point five FM. Harry, good morning, and Alexis, good morning. I kind of love Harry when you that deep, melodious voice to kind of kick kick things up and and wake me up. In fact, say it again, Harry. I need to say my name again. <laughs> Got to remember who you're who listening I am. to. Tom Ficklin on the on WNHHLP one hundred three point five FM. All right, isn't it? Does he say that nice? That's 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 <laughs> nice. That's, that that's uh, that's an international uh, claim We got to kind of patent that, <laughs> that that intro and and you know, we know we hear this phrase about awoke and waking up and just kind of being alert and it's so it's it's sometimes it's cliche, but sometimes it's really substantive. These are kind of challenging times to remain awake and dedicated and pursuing your passion and kind of really believing in yourself and your mission. And so I have the pleasure of uh, chatting with Alexis H. Smith here. I, I'll say Hi Smith Smith, but <laughs> that's sometimes a tongue tweezer. But Alexis is, is the executive director of the New Haven Legal Assistance Association, and we were just kind of chatting even offline before starting about really the, the need for legal services. And you were talking about the one of the Supreme Court justices, her autobiography, and just uh, what what law and, and legalities and and justice kind of mean really historically, but particularly in 2017. So to have something like the New Haven Legal Assistance Association, really in our midst, a kind of a jewel. And, and I believe, Alexis, one of the forerunners of the before it became a national kind of enterprise. Uh, people modeled, federal government modeled their uh, behavior, their, their institutions, if you will, from a legal assistance standpoint. After our, Our legal assistance association here. Uh, Just as before I let, and I will, Alexis, I promise I'm going to let you speak just in a second. So I guess you you have 48 minutes of undivided. (laughs) undivided. But but just as intro, I uh, was mentioning that I believe when I was in divinity school in the early 70s, kind of had a, if you didn't go into parish kind of field placements, you had to do a field placement kind of a social service kind of endeavor if you weren't going to work in a church. So I remember working faintly for legal assistance here. As an internship. And so it just, it's been in my blood for a while and it's just, just so needed. And, and to have Alexis here in front of me to kind of share, we're going to talk about the, oh, obviously the mission and the purpose of New Haven Legal Assistance Association, but, but don't, don't go away because we're going to talk about what the work that they do, uh, how they're funded, fundraising. And it's really important in terms of fundraising can be personal support, financial support idea support, creative support. There's a lot of ways to interpret fundraising, and certainly this organization, you're going to hear how they are worth supporting uh, to to the nth degree, 24 seven, three sixty five, and and needless to say, we've heard a lot about due, due to the fact of what happened on on, on November 20th, uh, immigration, healthcare, just changes in policy, uh, uh, legal rights, police rights, uh, citizen rights. Just so we're going to talk about how New Haven Legal Assistance is involved with responding to some of the new federal initiatives and and uh, whether you have a pro or con opinion about that, things are, are changing. Things are attempted to be changing and have something like the New Haven Legal Assistance Association here in our midst is really key to provide some balance and equity as we pursue uh, oh, policies and, and changes and, and competing ideologies. We're also going to talk about their collaboration with community partners. Uh, and that's, you hear that said so often, but it's really key for an organization to survive. You don't, no no one, no one thrives by working in isolation. So to have a partnership, <clears throat> synergies, you create collaborations—that's so key. And then, well, of course, you are going to talk about the staff's expertise and experience. And we might get a chance to talk about the fact that you're a soccer coach and a mom, and, <laughs> and I went to, went to Duke and, and, and uh, uh, law school in, in Wisconsin. And in fact, we and and the Hamden on your resume, you're a Hamden Hall Hall of Fame. Is that correct? I am, yes. I, yeah. was, I
1: was one of the initial inductees. Uh-huh, into the, the, initial, the initial
0: <laughs> inductees. So you <laughs> neglected that. But Alexis, kind of, let, let's jump off. And yeah, the uh, you know information about the office and, and the, the mission and history, that's kind of important for people to set the context. Then we'll, we'll go into the other items that we mentioned.
1: Okay, great. Thank you so much, Tom. Thank you for the, the invitation to speak about my office. Um, so New Haven Legal Assistance is actually one of the oldest legal aid programs in the country. Uh, we were founded in 1964, and um, our mission is to provide high-quality legal assistance to individuals who otherwise can't get a lawyer, either because mm-hmm. of income, uh, age, disability, discrimination. Um, <clears throat> many of our clients are, are clients of ours because of uh, low income. Mm. Um, our Eligibility guidelines, which means people qualify for our services if they are 125% of the federal poverty level. Um, so for a family of four, that's about $30,000 or less. So it's it's incredibly low, mm-hmm. um, but I think people would be surprised about the number of, of clients who we mm-hmm. have. Um, mm-hmm. And we are um, actually many times having to turn individuals away because they have legal matters in in types of cases that we don't take or because of our limited resources. We can't always represent everybody. Um, So the kind of work we do, we're we're a traditional poverty law office. So we are a civil legal aid office. We represent people who are being evicted from their homes. Mm. Um, We represent folks who are victims of domestic violence and need to become safe. We represent a lot of immigrants in status adjustment cases and also immigrants who have been victims of crimes. Um, We represent people in public benefits, so folks who have been terminated from state benefits, um, and we also represent people who are appealing decisions from the Social Security office um, for disability benefits. Um, We do employment cases, um, quite a bit of wage theft, so folks Mm. who have been taken Mm. advantage Mm. of by employers. Um, Many of those clients actually tend to be immigrants. Um, People feel that it's it's okay mm-hmm. to take mm-hmm. advantage of, of folks who may not have status. And we do a lot of child law cases also. So we're representing kids who have been removed from, by DCF from their homes and also a lot of education cases related to our child law unit. And so those are kids. Boy,
0: boy that's a full.
1: It, it is. Um, full so those are, those are students who have special education needs mm-hmm. and we also represent a lot of kids who are being expelled from school.
0: And again, you're listening to the Tom Ficklin Show, and we have the pleasure of having Alexis H. Smith uh, with us. And uh, Alexis is the Executive Director of the New Haven Legal Assistance Alexis, at the at the risk of because you mentioned that your client your your the, the customer base can sometimes exceed your 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 capacity. But if someone's interested in finding out more, or referring people to you, or just uh, even supporting your fundraising, supporting with some of your upcoming fundraisers, which you're going to talk about, how should they reach out to the association?
1: Um, so we have a website. Our website is www.nhlegal.org. Um, you can find information about our office generally there. Um, if folks want to Refer people. Um, they can call our office directly. Um, our phone number is two zero three nine four six four eight one one. Those are usually the best ways to reach out to mm-hmm. our office. Uh, we also do have a Facebook page and a mm. Twitter. Mm, um, so we are, good. you know, All right. You're into, into we're the social media. Yeah, <laughs> we are. Yeah, um, yeah. We actually were trying to increase our our Facebook presence even more. I think it's it's relatively good now, uh, but we could always always improve that um and we have a, a, an email blast that we do so if people contact us or if people fund us in some way we we have no shame in putting your email mm-hmm. on on our <laughs> list <laughs> so you will continue to be in touch with us about stuff coming up
0: well and certainly we'll be able to include this audio file on your facebook page to kind of kind of help out in, in yeah. that regard uh let's talk about the legal system for a second cuz you you've chosen to go into this line of work versus corporate law or law or, or or even private endeavors kind of thing. And I'm always curious when I talk to a lawyer about how, regardless of which side of the fence or fences they may be straddling <laughs> or on, how they see the legal system in general about why some folks kind of can maximize its its uh, protections and others seem to be at risk in terms of its uh, exposing them and, and kind of putting them at a disadvantage, if, if I'm making any sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I was in law school, I actually thought I wanted to do criminal defense work. Hmm. Um and then, you know, after a couple experiences representing you know folks on the on the defense side, I um realized that I didn't want to do that on a daily basis, but mm-hmm. I definitely wanted to work with this population mm. um because quite frankly, I mean, a, a lot of people get into the situations that they're in because they don't have a voice mm. um and that voice can be because they don't understand things within the legal system or um they have other barriers that don't allow them to really access the justice system. And so I think what we do is we provide that voice mm-hmm. to our clients mm-hmm. on a daily basis. And, you know, there there is nothing wrong with with individuals who choose to do private law, whether it's patent or corporate law. Mm-hmm. Um, in in fact, I think a lot of those people are are very good hearted and a lot of those people are supporters of our office. But I wanted to do something and I wanted to work with people where we can really make a difference. And so my background is doing education cases. <clears throat> and I can say that, you know, there's there's nothing more rewarding than preventing uh, a student from being expelled from school uh, because you really increase their chances of graduating from high school. And I think we all know that if you have a high school degree, that increases mm-hmm. your chances of, of being a productive member of our society. It allows you to potentially go to college. It allows you to access certain jobs and certifications. Um, and so those are the things that, that we do. And I think that mm. kind of guides our, our work mm. on a daily basis. Mm.
0: I've had uh, several educational advocates on the, on the show. And we, we will continue to do so, but that's, I really hadn't thought about your, 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 your having that portfolio. I mean, just you're saying that students, students are being expelled uh, unfairly from your standpoint. Uh, sometimes, sometimes, and, and but I mean, it's large enough as in terms of a legal area.
1: It, it is, um, you know. I think uh, uh, probably the majority of the work that we do in the office, depending upon the the time of year and in, in the school year, tends to be expulsion hearings. Hmm. Um, I I think, you know, there's there's a lot of talk now about the school to prison pipeline, mm-hmm. and so students now who may be disciplined in school are having sort of two two sides to dealing with this they have the school piece so they're dealing with a potential expulsion or mm-hmm. suspension but then a lot of the the activity in school is being criminalized as well mm. so now they also have to deal with a juvenile case uh-huh. in juvenile court <clears throat> and that can be very problematic because the family is now stressed on two ends for sure um and so if we can provide some kind of relief at least on the school side mm-hmm. a lot of times that can help on the juvenile mm-hmm. case and the juvenile. Um, criminal matter side Mm -hmm. as well. Mm. Um, You know, one of the concerns that we have about some of the education discipline is, you know, many times a student is engaging in behavior that is directly related to a disability that he or she may have. Um, So the student who is constantly, you know, talking out of turn or the student who is, is disruptive in some way may have a diagnosis on the mental health side. um, That's impacting that behavior. And so we try to get in and advocate and, and make the, huh. the school see that there is some connection between what the student is doing and what their disability happens to be.
0: That's okay. We, we hadn't really discussed going into this but this. this is this is, this is, <laughs> this is fascinating. Uh, just let me linger on it for a second. Sure. From, from a policy standpoint, <clears throat> or do you meet with the board of Ed or do you meet with uh, counselors? What's your, your kind of proactive stance to uh, kind of diminish the for things getting to the the, 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 the worst case scenario?
1: Yeah, well, I I think to many school districts' credit that they're taking affirmative steps to address this. So, I mean, New Haven Public Schools has a collaboration with Clifford Beers that they've been doing Mm -hmm. for, you know, a couple of years now. Um, Many schools have um, school health clinics Mm -hmm. and dental clinics to sort of address, you know, those things as well. Many schools have what are called wraparound services. So they bring in mental health providers and they're bringing in other providers so I think we're sort of that last piece, okay. the the legal piece, and you know, also sometimes students' behavior is related to what's going on in the home. Mm. So if mm. a student has a family who's going through an eviction, I mean, that kind of stress on the family is is definitely going to impact everyone in the family, including the the children, and they're bringing that to school with them. Um, one thing I'll just please, another kind of plug mm-hmm. about that mm-hmm. is. Uh, Last year, we started a school-based legal clinic. Um, We have one site at Troop and one site at a Head Start facility out in Ansonia. And it's really, the the goal is to address those kinds of things. So if a teacher is seeing a student who is exhibiting certain behaviors or they hear something from the family Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. they know they have a legal issue, Mm -hmm. we are there providing office hours a couple times a week. And so a family can literally just come directly down the hall and talk to one of our advocates and say, hey, I'm going through, yeah. you know, this eviction or um, a mother comes and said, says, hey, I have a domestic violence situation mm-hmm. and I want mm-hmm. to get a restraining order. Um, that's where we're there to, to provide. And so, that, again, that's that last piece to this puzzle and helping Boy, students. I
0: like that. I like that. And, and you and you mentioned your catchment area. So you mentioned this, when we say New Haven, <clears> it's really New Haven area.
1: Yeah. So we're greater New Haven. Um, so we're New Haven County. And that includes okay. uh, the lower Naugatuck Valley. So. We go south to Milford is our service area, out to Madison, and north to Meriden, although oh Meriden, we, okay. we represent only elderly um, okay. individuals in Meriden. The reason is, is there's actually two other legal aid programs in Connecticut. Um, Greater Hartford Legal Aid covers Hartford County, mm-hmm. and Connecticut Legal Services covers the rest of the state. So we kind of divide the state up
0: amongst okay. our offices. And, and you mentioned prior to coming here, do you know, hey, when you worked for the Greater Hartford
1: I did. That's where I started my career, Greater Hartford Legal Aid. I was a staff attorney there for six years doing educational advocacy um, and then had the, the lucky opportunity to come to New Haven. Um, I always lived in the New Haven area, so it was exciting to be able to return. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I came to New Haven as a deputy director, so I was there for uh, four years doing that job.
0: And your, your, was it seven months? When did you become anointed, baptized, uh Crucified? Well, I won't say crucified. but <laughs> crucified sometimes. When, when, like, did you, when did you ascend to this? Was it about nine months
1: ago? Um, it was not. It was actually um, January, 4th January 4th I, I was appointed. Okay. I, I was interim director after our previous executive director, Susan Nofi, left um, in uh, November. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was interim from November to January and then was... Anointed, Appointed. Okay, okay, okay. Crucified. <laughs> and, and <on> you're, them. <laughs> you're
0: surviving and thriving. Su- surviving <laughs> yeah, right. and thriving. We were we were talking just before we came on air about the really the, the challenge of just personal sur- <clears throat> survival and thrival and and not optimism, and then even your institutional optimism, and then being a leader of an organization, which is certainly under so much I wouldn't say stress, but the, but the but the issues that you've articulated just seem to be so profound and and, and even gut, gut, if I can say gut wrenching that, that, that's a, that's a challenge to maintain your, and then to kind of, I mean, some cases you lose. So, so you, so you're sad about that, although yep. you think you should have won them. Right. Uh, right. So, so just from a a leadership standpoint, in terms of your organization, what's kind of the keys do you kind of use for your staff to kind of let them know, I mean, I'm assuming people that work, they're really, I mean, the word committed is kind of an understatement, but, but to keep the, the optimism the, the and the professionalism and again, legal thing is sometimes a calculus versus a, a fair, well, I won't put any words in your mouth, but <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, um, this this is a really trying time for our organization. So uh, I was appointed um, January fourth, and as we know, we had a new president inaugurated on January twentieth. And so, um, oddly, ironically, uh, his first one hundred days has been my first one hundred days, mm. essentially. Mm. And so, as you can imagine, um, an an office who represents people. Living in poverty, it has been a very strenuous time for us. Uh, kind of dealing with all the things coming out of out of Washington. I think my role as uh, a leader of an organization like LAA is to be as supportive as possible to our our advocates. Um, I think we we really got bombarded, uh, actually starting in November, but really mm, in mm, January, mm. with lots of people wanting to use our, our office in various ways, uh, wanting to partner with us, wanting us to engage in, in certain kinds of work. And um, we were, I think, overwhelmed initially. And I think what we just tried to do is say, how are we going to fill the gaps of work mm-hmm. that are out there? And how are we going to do that in sort of a, a really concentrated, concrete way and wouldn't stretch us too thin? Um with a staff like mine who's incredibly committed and dedicated to the work, incredibly devoted to our client population, um, we are stretched thin. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And I think my job is to really be supportive and, and make sure that people are you know, getting some sleep yes, <laughs> if they indeed. can um, and continuing to, to do the work. Um, and it, it has come in waves. So we've, we really were were hit hard with needing to do work in response to, the executive orders around immigration. Um, and we have people who are working actively on making sure that our clients, their right to health care is preserved. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we have heard a little bit of coming down the pike about what might hap- happen on the housing end, uh, fair housing. And, and we represent that, That's probably actually our biggest area is, is housing See? cases. That's something uh, we represent more people in evictions than any other area. Um, <clears throat> and so we w- always want to make sure that we're, preserving people's subsidies we're making sure that people are are, are not going to to be homeless mm-hmm. um and so we don't yet know what mr Carson is going to do on the mm-hmm. on the housing side mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so we're just kind of really being in in preparation mode um and and i think another role that i have is to make sure that we're as as nimble and flexible as as possible and that we can be responsive
0: i i, I love how you mentioned the the, the, the context <coughs> and the intersectionality if you will of Something, if you're a citizen here on the planet but just happens to be living in New Haven, how you're going to be affected by state and even some, some, sometimes even international issues. We were talking about some of the international issues about war and poverty. And so it's just really, really fascinating that you're kind of in the hub of so, so, so many ways of what's yeah. going on in peop, people's psychology, the economy of the world, the economy of New Haven. Um, let's jump in terms of, is, by, by, by the way, everyone, you listen to the Tom Ficklin show and Alexis H. Smith is with us, the executive director of the New Haven Legal Assistance. But you have an upcoming event. On I think it's May May 16th. We do
1: um, so we have an annual Equal Access to Justice reception. Um, we hold it every spring, either in in May or June. It's it's May 16th this year. Uh, we are very excited. We're honoring two individuals: uh, Sister Mary Ellen Burns, who is the director of Apostle Immigrant Services, and um, Jennifer Brown, who is the the dean of of Quinnipiac Law School. Um, and we we're honoring these two individuals because they really. Embody the the work that we do, um, and that everything that they've done has been to encourage the access to justice for everyone, regardless of your ability to uh, obtain counsel. Um, and so it starts at five thirty. It's at the Quinnipiac Club, and you can uh, go to our website to purchase tickets or or sponsor the event. Um, you know that event is 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 really terrific because mm-hmm. it allows people to kind of have a reunion of mm-hmm. sorts. Many. Um, mm-hmm. There's lots of, lots of attorneys there, but it also, depending upon who we honor, there's always, you know, folks who come who don't necessarily, you know, have any affiliation to LAA,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, but they see people there that they know, they become excited about our organization um, and want to support it going forward, whether it's, you know, coming to our events or liking our Facebook page or, or anything like that. So talk,
0: talk, talk about that in a second, in a sense of, certainly you have lawyer friends that have been on the other side. Mm-hmm. but but you're still friends so is there do folks see that um there's a need for us to if we talk about systems change and social justice and social social equity and all these kind of buzzwords regardless of where your your little piece of the puzzle is that sometimes there's some issues we can kind of come around and, and rally around and kind of support one another and kind of eliminate all the friction we still might be adversaries or advocate for your for your for your side or your or your for your case or for your client but it seems to me that uh, these t- the, the crisis of the world that, that many of us see but again, it might be from various perspectives. Are there some issues in the legal fraternity that you see arising where folks say, you know, we can kind of minimize the the friction or we can minimize the personal cost or we can minimize the the, the harm of society by an abstract decision?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, people probably remember um, a number of, I mean, not not a number, but a couple of months ago, the ACLU um, raised an incredible amount of money in in one weekend uh, fundraising based on, you know, sort of reactions to, uh, president Trump's executive orders and, and other actions. Um, and so everyone was like, Oh, you must be bombarded with, with donations and, and people want to give to LA because you do similar work. And, you know, we have definitely seen an uptick in, in people wanting to, to donate to the office and, and having donated to the office. But the, the bigger piece is I probably get calls every other day from local private attorneys or local citizens, who want to volunteer in our mm, office in mm, some way. Mm. And many of them are lawyers, and many of them are, are, are non-legal aid mm-hmm. attorneys. And so I think the times that we're in, people have really kind of rallied around um, making sure that that justice is achieved. Um, you know, the rule of law is, is so important, mm-hmm. and it's important to everybody, regardless yes. of, of yes. who your client base happens to be. And so it's really been a rallying cry um, mm. And I think my job has really been trying to manage, you know, who who's appropriate to volunteer mm-hmm, and in mm-hmm, what areas. Mm-hmm. Um, but but definitely, and I think the 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 immigration issues have been a, have been a point that everyone has really kind of come together around. Um, and it will probably be more things, you know, down the line. Sure. I mean, obviously, we've seen the series of marches that have happened, really starting with the women's march back a couple months ago, and we had the science march this mm-hmm, past weekend. Mm-hmm. And so, all of those things have a legal element and a legal
0: component to them. And the attack, the attack on the ju- judiciary. Absolutely, uh-huh. absolutely. And again, this is not to de- demonize anyone, but just just seems to me that we, we there, it's clear that there's ways for us to kind of collaborate, even with regards to what your ideologies might be. And uh, you know, these these are critical critical times, separate from what might be going on in North Korea or Syria. Uh, you have another upcoming fundraiser as well at the at the Madison Beach Club. Yeah, so this is a, a new
1: event for us. Um, equal access reception is something we've we've done for the last uh, fourteen years or so, um, but this is a new one. So we we've have have a neat new partnership with RJ Julia Bookstore, mm-hmm. um, which is owned by Roxanne Cody, who's a, a really wonderful member of our of our community. Okay, um, and so the, you know RJ Julia holds a series of of events throughout the. The year where they have authors come and and present on their books, and and sometimes they use them as as fundraisers. And so Scott Tureaud, who is mm-hmm. author of Presumed Innocent, um, for those of you who know that movie, and and, and a number of other books, mm-hmm. he's a former attorney, um, has a new book coming out called Testimony. Mm. And so he's presenting at rj Julia, and so we're going to be co-hosting that with them. Um, and thirty five dollars tickets mm-hmm. uh, they get you into the Madison Beach Hotel, which I've never been to, but sounds very fancy it's, it's, it, um,
0: <laughs> is, it is very very fancy and architectural digest and it's it's on the map in terms of the, the renovation that has okay. taken place there great
1: mm-hmm. um and you get a signed copy of the book and you get to hear Scott uh present on on his his new book coming out so we're really excited about that
0: and and I love those you know they have an event at the Quinnipiac Club and they have an event at, the, at Madison uh we talk about this being the shoreline community in a way or the or Connecticut being the tail of two or three or four cities, yeah. Uh, but you kind of span the spectrum, of, if 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 you will, between the the blue bloods, the red bloods, the blood, <laughs> the black bloods, the brown bloods. Yeah,
1: well, and you know the the Madison, Guilford, uh, to a certain extent, Brantford, Although we we do have uh, a decent amount of clients in Brantford, Um, you know, there's there's not a lot of poverty out in in Madison and mm-hmm. Guilford, as as most of us know, and so we've not had uh, a a really big client base out there. I think. Um, so we've not really had a lot of funders and, and, and donors from out that way. So I think this is a way for us to kind of reach out for sure, to that yes. community and, and um, gain some, some hopefully longstanding support from, from folks out there.
0: Excellent, excellent. Again, you're listening to the Tom Ficklin Show and Alexis H. Smith, Alexis Highsmith Smith is with us and <laughs> Executive Director of the Legal Assistance Association. Harry, let's just take a, a minute break and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll come, come right back a minute or two. Love that international music. That was a, that was a great a g- great selection because it really is one world. Uh, there was an Afro African salon event this weekend that Yale University presented the students at the M Center and the African program. And there's just a lot a lot of richness involved. We have the International Festival for Arts and Ideas coming up. Um, May Days coming up. Just th- there's a lot of opportunities I think to kind of get involved and find communion and to find your space and to find your 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 uh, your your rage, but a cre- a creative rage that you mm. kind of express, and and not that you'll need Alexis' services for 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 legal legal defense. Hopefully, you don't get arrested, but nonetheless, I'm, I'm sure you represented some people that have been arrested in the past in terms of protest here here in New Haven. So it's really a a fascinating thing this the New Haven Legal Assist New Haven Legal Assistance Association, and and a jewel here in New Haven. Alexis is, is kind of modest. Uh, she played for uh, 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 soccer at Duke. Were you captain at the Duke's? I was a uh, captain of, the, year, of yep. the senior year of the Duke's uh, soccer team, and you <clears throat> played in some of the NCAA regionals. I, I know, uh, the semifinals. Did you get to the semifinals?
1: No, um, unfortunately, we never made it that far.
0: <laughs> uh, but but again, but uh, we did get to the tournament a couple times. Get yeah. to the tournament a couple times. Uh, we were just talking about law and its interpretation and the evolving nature of law. So the the lady soccer players, professionals, I guess they're they're they've launched a suit about equal pay. And again, we know that we had equal pay day or equal pay rights every year comes up. But, and you hear this and you say, well, what does this mean? Why do, why are we still jockeying with this issue in 2017? But again, the, the women's soccer players had to, in, indeed exercised their legal authority in this, their, their legal rights in, the, this, re, in this regard.
1: Yeah. So the, um, the women's national team um, really, you know, advoc- advocated on their beha- their own behalves. Uh, they, they recognized that they were not being paid uh, nearly close to what the men's national team players were being paid um, and what's so ironic about that is for anyone who is has followed women's soccer and followed sports um, you know that the women's national team for the united states has been far more successful um, than the men's um, at, from the olympic side and the the world cup side so it was it was very unfortunate that they were not Sort of receiving that pay, which into means
0: the, they brought in the revenue, the advertisers, the, the audience, the, the recognition, the pages, the Sports Illustrated covers, yep. the marketing, the merchandising, etc.
1: All of that, all of that. Um, so I think ESPN has covered the the World Cups for the the, the last several World Cups, and, and maybe it switched to Fox now. <clears throat> but yeah, so so television wise, um, they were really sort of bringing in all of that, that TV revenue. So they brought a suit uh, very recently, um, and it was actually successful i think found out last week or the week before um so that's a huge advantage but i think you know what it shows is that um you know it, it's it's 2017 but we're still kind of fighting these same battles um i think people would probably be surprised if you came to a legal aid office and and realized that some of our employment cases include pregnancy discrimination mm. um and disability discrimination even in 2017 we're still kind of fighting <clears throat> um these same battles and um, you know that, that's why I think it's it's very important for people to pay attention and, and not to be political, but but really to pay attention to politics mm-hmm. because you know many of this is is guided by Supreme Court decisions, mm-hmm. um, and so the makeup of our Supreme Court is so incredibly important um, when it comes to these you know, policies that we all you know live by that yes. impact so many people. Um, so, but not to be political.
0: Well. <laughs> Uh, I'm teaching a course at at Gateway, a part-time lecture of Fundamentals of Communication and Public Speaking, and the the students, it's a wide range of age-wise, but the first class always kind of talk about how much can we talk about politics, and they're really perturbed, anxious, depressed, sad about how how much friction is created by our political system. So they're turned off like crazy and they realize that it impacts their daily existence. But again, the, the operation of it and even just the, 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 the discourse or the discussion sometimes I uh, guess gives them anxiety yeah. and that, that really kind of a, that, that, that stays with me
2: yeah.
0: and not that, not a fear, you know, they're aware of it. Um, uh, but 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 how they view how they view that it's dividing and creating fracturing and chaos and and, and discontent just across the board.
1: Yeah, it is, and, and at, at many different levels. I um, was was asked to speak at a, a local high school um, in January. Actually, uh, it was a, a class class around law and society, <clears throat> and it was soon after the election. So actually, it was in, in November, soon after the election, and the this particular uh, teacher hadn't seen her students. Since the election, so it was one mm. of those you know schedules where it was like they weren't meeting until a Thursday or a Friday, and so she gave them sort of an open forum at the beginning mm. of the class to kind of talk, and it was it was exactly what you said it was mm. very very divisive um, because the majority of the students wanted the election to go a certain way and, and felt very passionate about about that way, and you know the students who were kind of in the minority um, were were more joyous and. Mm. Um, very proud, and 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 yes. it was just a very conflicting and and contentious, and so yeah, being an educator or or being anyone that works with sort of youth and young people, I think is is very challenging in this particular time because you know, we want our kids to be vocal and we want them yes. to have opinions and feel strongly about things, and we, but we want to be able to do that in a way that's um, a good conversation and and productive and
0: courageous. So interesting. Let's 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 mention again again this Tom Ficklin show and. Uh, chatting with Alexis H. Smith, Hi Smith Smith, uh, Executive Director of Legal Assistance Association. You have two upcoming events where people can kind of support and kind of be involved. and just know what you're doing then you can go to your website, your Facebook page, but these two events are again.
1: Uh, the first one is the Equal Access to Justice Reception. That's May sixteenth, uh, five thirty to eight p m. And the uh, second is on May thirtieth. It's at R j Julia, or it's co-hosting with R j. Julia Bookstore and it's at the Madison Beach Hotel. And, um, another thing that's a little ways down the road, Mm, but for mm -hmm. people who are, Mm -hmm. are runners, we have the the annual Faxon, uh, road race is in September and, um, LA is one of the signature charities. So if you sign up for the race, um, you can ask for a portion of your registration fee to come to our office. Um, and I think they're accepting registrations already on their, their website, but that's the,
0: indeed, indeed the Labor Day race. Yep. So Labor Day, you get, you could do
1: a 5k, you can walk a 5k, you can, I think they added a half marathon, um last year was the first year they had the Mm -hmm, half. So mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm. with the longer distance people, Mm -hmm. there you go. Talk about that a little bit, because that's exactly what I was trying to say, where you have facts in the law firm, Mm -hmm. they're, you know, private law firm, but still they realize that it's, it's a whole, this legal system is not just, it's not the us versus them or, or we, we versus they, we need to have kind of a legal system for all. So for them to kind of collaborate with you in this regard, this is important. Yeah. So,
1: um, Faxon has been a a big supporter of our office, and, and there's many other law firms that that have as well. I think what many law firms recognize, and private attorneys who may be solo practitioners, is that um, having both parties, both sides, have access to legal system <clears throat> makes things more efficient, That's makes right. things more right. fair. Yeah, um, because for anyone who who's a lawyer who is represent who's represented someone where there is a, a pro se litigant or someone who's non represented on the other side. Um, sometimes it can be challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that person may not understand the, the legal system, may not understand certain you know papers that need to be filed in court, um, may not be able to advocate for themselves in front of the judge or the mediator, depending mm-hmm. upon who the decision maker is. And so everything kind of runs more smoothly. It's more fair um, when both sides are, are, are yes. represented. Um, and I, th- I think a lot of, a lot of folks are realizing that mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. um, so even if it's people, you know, volunteering to do pro bono cases yes. or wanting to donate to our office so that, you know, we can hire more people so that mm-hmm, we, we're, mm-hmm, we're able to, to meet mm-hmm, the, the mm-hmm. legal need. Um, you know, back in 2009, I think we did a legal needs study. So mm-hmm. we studied the entire state of Connecticut, people living in poverty, and asked them a series of questions. Um, the, the, the largest Questions really being, you know, have you had a legal problem in the last year or so? And what we what we drew from that is that for every um, ten thousand people living in poverty in the state of Connecticut, um, there is approximately one and a half legal aid legal aid attorneys to represent that mm. that group. Mm. So obviously, mm. the the need mm. is far more great mm. than than mm. we can ever meet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think you know pro bono partnerships and. Other sort of pilot projects that allow private attorneys to get trained um, to represent folks is is really where we we need to be um, in terms of making the system as fair as possible for everybody.
0: Perfect, perfect. You you referenced <clears throat> uh, earlier, Alexis, the community partnerships and uh, uh, any others that we haven't articulated.
1: Um, so we we recently started, and again, this was in in response to the the great immigration need. Um, back a couple of months ago, a partnership with um, Junta for Progressive Action mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and a number of private attorneys where we're representing people through these monthly clinics oh, for immigrants who need power of attorney or standby guardianship mm-hmm. papers completed. So essentially mm-hmm. what that is is for people who are in fear of, of being deported yes. or in fear of being detained. Um, we did a, a number of outreach um, workshops mm. and, and, and conversations mm. with folks to say, well, w- what's your biggest concern? Mm-hmm. Um, and where what are your biggest fears? And, and what we drew from that is, one, people were very concerned about, well, what's going to happen to my minor children? Um, if I am deported or detained, where will they go? And the second question was, what's going to happen to my things? Mm. So whether it's mm. bank account or mm-hmm. other property. That's right. And so what we decided to do was, you know, this was a, a, an area that we don't really have a lot of expertise in. So we were able to get guidance from... Uh, law firm in town, Dave Pitney, mm-hmm. um, that mm-hmm. helped us put together papers that gave us Good. training. Good. Um,
0: we partner. Shout out, shout out to Dave Pitney. Yes, right?
1: absolutely. Um, we partnered with Junta for Progressive Action, mm-hmm. who you know is rooted in the community and you know gives our office that street cred. Good. Um, and recruited individuals who had these issues, and so we've been able to to host these monthly clinics, and uh, we've represented, probably, I shouldn't say represented, assisted. Um, over a hundred people oh, already in the last see. couple of months. Um, so that's one. Um, another partnership I just mentioned about mm-hmm. the school-based legal clinic. Um, mm-hmm. that's been a partnership with New Haven Public Schools. Yes. Um, and mm-hmm. also with a team out in the valley, yes. which is the Community Action Agency that's right. out yes. there. Yes. 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 Um, and you know we have a mm-hmm. number of of others that we've had you know long-standing.
0: Tease us, us if, if, if any come to mind. I love I love for the show for people to kind of <laughs> see see the networking and just we talk about this being a, a non-profit city and uh, perhaps even too much, too many nonprofits. <laughs> but nonetheless there are folks, there, there are good folks walking around that you may see in your bar or your club or your church that, so do any other uh, uh, community partnerships come to mind?
1: Yeah, gosh. Um, so on the immigration side, Junta, um, ULA, um, Unidad Latina, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> you know, we've, done a lot in the past with the community action agency Indeed. um christian community action
0: good good um, go 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 ahead keep yeah. going keep going it's so important for the people to see Benita has her upcoming event with yep. the Com- christian community action. um
1: the housing authority mm-hmm, you know while mm-hmm. while we you know obviously represent people in evictions there's a lot of times that we work together that's, um, yes, with that see? organization good, so good um, good so that, shout Ken out Karen's, to Karen. yeah crew. that's right <laughs> mm-hmm. um
0: amos mm-hmm. smith had his, his walk on a on on Saturday. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. walks it uh, a few, few more teasers. Cause that's important for you, you. Again, you try to avoid things, getting to that eviction stage and Karen Du Bois Walton and folks at the housing authority, kind of, you guys can talk and be proactive and look at the list and look who's maybe delinquent with payments. Yeah. Or, sometimes we can mm-hmm, do that. And, mm-hmm.
1: um, you know, theoretically, mm-hmm. um, Haven public schools. Um, I know I'm missing some. Okay. Well, I mean, it's, yeah, sorry uh, if no, anyone, no, I forgot. No, no, no,
0: I was curious about the, the, the law schools. Oh, in terms of legal 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 clinics. Yeah. So no. Um,
1: thank you for mentioning that. Um. So starting last year, um, we began a of a, a new. It's not totally new, but a new partnership with Yale Law School. Um. We've had a long-standing relationship with yes. Yale Law School uh, dating back to actually our founding. Yeah, for, um, Fred, Danforth, right? Yes. Yeah, um. Mm-hmm. And so we've had a number of of students intern in our office throughout the year. We have a number of of Yale Law grads on our current staff right now, and. So they approached us saying that they, you know, kind of wanted to expand what are called their clinical programs. Mm-hmm. And so clinics are a way, which is one of the reasons I loved law school, is mm-hmm. it gives you that real life, real time opportunity um, to represent uh, individuals in cases. Um, and so we decided to represent two populations of people, uh, the first being immigrants, which, you know, we had done mm-hmm. traditionally, mm-hmm. but this was a way to, for us to expand that work And the second was uh, folks who had criminal records who were returning to society. Returning citizens, yes. Yes, Mm -hmm. um, and as we we all know, those folks face a a number of of barriers um, from employment to housing, um, benefits. So we started that last January. Um, we now actually have four clinics that we tremendous, that we <laughs> run. Steak, steak. Um, the other two are in family law. One uh, is for restraining order cases, and again, we've we've done that for a while. Mm-hmm. but This is just kind of a new version of it. And then others is is um, representing victims of domestic violence and sort of larger family cases, so whether it's custody or divorces. Um, and so it's 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 interesting because. You know, Yale law students are are amazing, mm-hmm, <laughs> incredibly mm-hmm, intelligent, mm-hmm, incredibly mm-hmm. hardworking, and um, now we have a total of about fifty of them uh, in our office, being supervised um, by six attorneys.
0: Tremendous! See, um, your, your and, army, the
1: army. Yeah, yeah. So we do have our, our an army of of students, yeah. but it's really been great for the office. I think it's been great overall for our client base. Um, the attorneys who supervise them, we we have a mix um, mm-hmm. of some attorneys who. Have extensive experience in their respective areas. Some are newer attorneys, and so you know that dynamic has been great. Everyone kind of learning from I love each other, that, and love that, love um, that. I think it's you know helped them develop professionally. So it's it's really been great. Um, you know, Quinnipiac Law School is also in our our backyard, mm-hmm. and, and we have um, interns from 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 that law school um, throughout the summer, and um, we also have a partnership with their clinics as well. So um, yeah, that's been that's been a great new.
0: New partnership for us. Yeah, I, I really. So we're going to con- conclude on that note because I really love the fact how you've illustrated so vividly. that It's not just reacting, but it's proactive. It's being mm-hmm. proactive. So even something like a domestic dispute, we know how sometimes the domestic cons- disputes in the small scale can lead to bigger criminal issues or even murder kind of things. So just kind of nipping things in the bud and being proactive and helping with healing and, re- and reconciliation. That's just so great. Yeah. So, and we so don't, um, you so know, we're, we're a, about 30 seconds. Oh,
1: well, so we're a civil legal aid organization and, and most civil programs don't have any criminal uh, cases, but we do have a small criminal component that we've had for a number of years. Um, and so, you know, the attorney represents a few people on criminal appeals cases, but, you know, more importantly, it's great to have, that knowledge base in the office because so many of our clients intersect with the criminal justice system in mm-hmm. various ways but to absolutely, have, that, absolutely. have that knowledge
0: base is really great. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure, Alexis, to have you. This is the Tom Ficklin Show and Alexis H. Smith. Hi, Smith Smith has been with us, Executive Director for the New Haven Legal Assistance. So great to have you. You have to commit to coming back. I will. And, and, Thank and, you so much. For your, your, your new deputy, perhaps. I will, definitely. Your new deputy. Yep. And yep. Uh, check the website, the Facebook page. Harry, thanks as always for your tremendous work. Uh, thanks to New Haven Independent. Thanks to Paul Bass and we'll talk to you Talk to you soon take
2: care you me the way you looking over my shoulder so baby come the i'm